This is Live Booleans, where Costa and Alex chat about, well, game dev things. Video games, dev culture, tech, game design, events, and all the other stuff they love to nerd out on. So, thanks for tuning in. Hey, Costa here. Just a quick note before we begin. Big thanks to local sound designer Dakota on Discord, on the AGD Discord. It's the Suave Fox for creating that little intro for us. It's absolutely awesome. Check him out on SoundCloud at Dakota, S-A-U-V-E. And thank you to everyone who has been listening to us over the past eight episodes. We've just begun. We've got great guests coming up over the next couple episodes as well. And um, we really do appreciate and thank everyone for their support of this podcast. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Kathy Smart. Thank you. Hello, game enthusiasts. Welcome to episode eight of Live Booleans. I'm joined as always by Costa. Hello, how you going? I'm doing good. And uh, with us this week is Kathy Smart from Joy Ever After Stories. Stories. <laughs> how you doing, Kathy? Well, thank you, Alex. That's and good. Costa. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, there's a couple of things we want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. But first off, maybe just introduce yourself for the audience and um, yeah, tell them what you what you're working on. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I went through game school like you guys did and uh, finished in 2016. I've been working on my own game ever since. (laughs) And it's actually going to come out this year, so I'm tremendously excited. Um, So what I found was, uh, in South Australia at least, the game dev community at at one stage was very strong and they had wonderful meetings every month. And they just started to fail. Everything started to go down. And I would meet people and they would not know about it. So I would tell them, oh, you need to come every month. And so... I'd say, I'd send you an email and I have a list of things to put on the email. And then another person didn't know. I'd say, oh, I've got an email I can send you. And by the end of it, I'd think, oh, wait a minute, there's something they don't know about. And even though they probably didn't want the email, I'd still send them another email saying, oh, there's this other thing. And in the end, I felt so embarrassed sending these emails. Yeah. They probably just didn't want. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, putting a website and made the Adelaide Game Dev website. And uh, then Adelaide Game Dev meetings started to slow down so I started running them until the wonderful Patrick Webb Mm. did a much better job (laughs) (laughs) and he now runs them so well and it's really important to network and so at one of those meetings um, a guy said oh I'm not on Facebook I'm going what What? how do you know (laughs) about things and so um, Arthur Archie came up to me and said look we should make a discord Adelaide Game Dev, mm. and that was back in February last year, and now there's 500 people on it. Mm-hmm. That was only February last year. Yes, wow. but now every and so we've got this What's On channel. So if you're in South Australia and you're interested at all in Game Dev, get on the Discord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's because the thing. Main thing I go to your, your yeah. website for because it's got all the list of the developers. But the Discord link, <laughs> I need to share that with everyone. Yes, yes. What's, what's the URL of the website? Um, so that's, well, unfortunately, it's just a page. So it's mm. under Kathy Smart Game Designer, mm. and then it's under Adelaide Game Developers. So if you Google Kathy Smart Game Development, you'll find it? Or Adelaide, just Google Adelaide Game Developers. Adelaide Game Developers. Will pop up. Yeah. I, I found that, that your website is, is the go-to. If oh, you're yeah. a game developer in Adelaide, oh. you go there, and there's just so, there's so much content and so much you know information on there that is very beneficial. Yeah. Even I found it very beneficial oh. just coming into it. Yeah. So it's I think it's yeah something everyone should visit if they're just jumping into game design or they're jumping into 
you know, starting their own production and that sort of stuff. Yes. I think it's a lot of valuable information on there as well. Oh, I hope so. It's yeah. it's more of a fear of missing out. Yeah. You know, how mm. sad would you be if you decided to get active in Adelaide and then there'd been a conference last month or mm -hmm. something? You know, yeah. you'd feel terrible. Yeah. Because that's what we're finding. We were talking about it last night at Unwind, that there's as many developers as we know and who are on the Discord, there's these, like, ones who are just lurking in the shadows. Yeah, that's fine. And they put out mm. games and everything, and they're like, how, how do you guys know each other and stuff? Like, how do you not know about yeah. this? You know, it's huge. But there's so many that don't know, and I'm always pushing it and making sure people get on and mm. very worried that... Because there's just so many... I feel really sad. People come up to me at other events, like writing events, and I'm... And I'm horrified that they're working on their own, feeling lonely. Mm. Only two years ago, some guy said to me, I'm the only guy in Adelaide that makes VR games. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that was at a, a marketing expo, of oh, all things. Wow. He just didn't know. Yeah. So, of course, you don't mm, get mm. all the information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I mean, I've found that so many people have been joining the Discord, like, at the rate that it's going, there's always a couple of people every day or every few days. Yeah, yeah. it's a worry, yeah. It's a good thing, I mean, well, no, it's Well, as long as I don't talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the admin, I guess, you know, it's a worry for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to have the information. I'm not a friendly person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the, the, <laughs> one of the um, cool things about the Discord is that it's like a handwritten welcome to everyone who comes in. But yeah. other Discords just do the bots. They're yeah, like, yeah. this is fair. And it's like, get the hand. And you can, t they can tell that it's that's welcoming. Yeah, yeah, because they they get involved, like, hey, oh, and yeah. like that's good. Yeah. yeah. So when you started the, uh, <laughs> you know, the groups and all that kind of stuff, what was your vision for the Adelaide, um, the scene? Well, it really hasn't happened yet. See, it, remember back until August sixteen, we had Jamalade in Adelaide. They were running game jams so well, mm. and we were having one nearly every month. Um, and they were fabulous because there might only be like nine people that arrived and you know, we'd all lug our computers in yeah. and, <laughs> oh. um, and it was great because if you do a game jam, you work with strangers, you learn how to produce something in a very short space of time, you're always ending up doing a million tutorials, you yeah. always get skills. Yeah. Um, but you can really come up with an idea or, you know, really really work out that someone is someone you would love to work with. Mm. How else do you find yeah. that out? Yeah. Um, it, game jams... You know, I really feel that Adelaide, those wonderful people that ran Jamalade were all uh, physics students at Adelaide Uni and they've all gone. Like, they've got their PhDs. Yeah, there. Yeah. They've left. Yeah, They're not yeah. even in Adelaide. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> and, I, and I know you've done, because I, I reckon we first met at a hackathon. <laughs> yes. A couple, the yeah. TechFugees one a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, I mean, you've gone through doing game jams and hackathons. What do you think is the, like, you know, the well, I encourage between the everyone yeah. to do both yep, yep. Um, because you get so few opportunities. Yep. Hackathons have a lot more money. Mm -hmm. So I've won 500 for my team in one, 1,000 for and 5,000 in their share program. Mm -hmm. um, and that was worth doing, but it's like writing non-fiction when you want to write fiction. Yep, yep. You're, you're usually designing an app, and no matter how much fun you try and put in an app, it's usually got a purpose that... Um, yep, yep. Yeah. So they're good to do, but the other thing with hackathons, and it really frustrates and annoys me is that it's the best ideas that may not be feasible. So yep. somebody who can write a good PowerPoint mm -hmm. and come up with a great idea could win a hackathon and get money for their team or the project. You don't actually get it for yourself. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But uh, it, it might, it usually never happens. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. Um, we came third in one, I, I actually 
so there was a healthcare one last year mm-hmm. and a nurse had a fantastic idea. An engineer knew exactly what to do, he designed it. And all I did was the PowerPoint stuff. Yeah. And I felt really foolish, you know, just doing the PowerPoint and explaining. So we came third just because it was well presented. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a good idea, but um, I feel that hackathons are more aimed at good marketing. Yep, yep. You need to have, like another one, I won $1,000 because we did the best website for yep, our yep. idea. It wasn't the idea. It's how you present it. Yeah, it was just, and so um, our guy went to Brisbane to get, get, get given the prize. Yep. Oh, um, wow. it was a, and accommodation and everything. Hackathons have got more money and, yep. and they're run by people who genuinely want yep. good ideas mm-hmm. and they're a great idea. But I guess I'm just into games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so tell us about your game that you've been working on since 2016. Um, well, you know, tell us about what it's about, who it's aimed at, because I know it's got a very unique. I mean, it's you know, education yeah. focused as well, which um, well, you know you don't get a lot of uh, yeah. companies working on things that are, you know, for a, for a purpose like that as well. So oh, there's there are more serious games around, and we should bring them in. We should find them and let them mm-hmm. know about our community. Mm-hmm because mm-hmm. I think they would enrich their games. Yep. So, yeah, so basically, um, back in 2014, Christy Dina, who is a, um, a really good designer in Queensland, yep. came in to talk at the Writers' Centre. So I've been writing for 30 years. I've got a Master's in Creative Writing. And she came and did this talk, and it just blew me away. I thought, oh, my God, look what games can do. She did some really emotional moments from games, mm-hmm. and I thought they're more powerful than a lot mm-hmm. of books I've read. Mm-hmm. They were just so good. I have to write. And I had a, a book that I really loved because I'm really into fairy tales. Yep, so yep. I've written 16 novels, none of them published. Oh, well. <laughs> I say quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them for middle grade. And this particular one really got me. You know, I really, really into fairy tales and um, girl power mm-hmm. and boy sensitivity mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just making the story work the way it should. So I had this game. So I actually went to AIE, which had just started up, um, to learn how to make games. So then I finished the two years and they turned around and said, oh, it's three years now. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I only budgeted for two. <laughs> so, so I went out and um, started preparing to make the game, but it wasn't until 2018, February 18, I started employing. By then I had some art mm-hmm. from uh, Christy Butt, who's a 2D artist in Adelaide, uh, but I started employing a programmer in, to really design it properly in February 18. And then I realised, oh, it's going to take a lot of money and time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then in June 18, I got six people for 12 weeks and we really smashed it out and finished the game. Um, so I was showing it in October 18. Yep. Uh, it even went to a conference and had an academic paper about it. Oh, wow. wow. So it's just, a, it's just a storybook and instead of it being, um, you know how you change the story with your decisions? No, uh uh-uh. Everybody (laughs) saves the kingdom. So it's linear in the story, but the interactive part is that whenever I write a book, I don't like the way, always like the way the heroes behave. I want them to be a little bit different, maybe a bit Mm -hmm. funnier or Mm -hmm. stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every time you speak, you've got ten choices as to what you say. So you might be really laid back or you might be really bossy. Um, you might say something funny all the time. You might be really romantic. This one that's yep. really romantic, <laughs> yeah. which is funny after all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's your choice. So you're designing the type of hero you want to be. So there was I at um, 
they've had this thing called the Melbourne Playground at ACME, you know, mm-hmm. Melbourne International Games Week. <clears throat> so I was showing the game and I thought I'd have a great time because I had the game out and I had the iPad out and the PC out and the little Android phone out and the Mac out and people were going around and playing them. And one girl was ducking and weaving from her father and every time he went to t- take her home, she'd go to another uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I'd have such a good time, but uh, four children cried when they had to leave oh. the game. Oh, oh really? It was awful. And so I was really sad. Oh. <laughs> That's a good indicator of, of, I mean, you know, people that are actually enjoying the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, one guy <laughs> shouted out, You'll fry, frog boy! <laughs> <laughs> He was helping the week. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the reason they, it wasn't so much that it was a good story is that the, the parents were right with them. The parents yeah. were engaged. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. were really into it. Mm. And so they didn't want to stop that. They didn't want to, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that at Avcon 2019 when you had it there. Everyone was, there was the kids queuing up for it. And as, as you said, they would leave and then they would come back and they want to finish it. Well, actually, um, I was really disappointed with Avcon 19 with the number of parents that took one look and physically steered the kids away. Really? Yeah, because they could tell, well, they could tell they weren't really going to like it um, and that they were going to be stuck playing a kid's game. And it's not like Mario where you Mm. can immediately see the interactivity and they probably thought it was boring. And, yeah, no, they were physically pulling them away. So. I mean, and I didn't we... even get to show it in 18 because they said it wasn't a game. Really? I was really disappointed. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's that's kind of, yeah, that's a very disappointing thing. Yeah, because yeah, we're finding, that we found that with our second guest, you know. Did you? Susanna, Susanna you know, yeah. with the, the app she's working on, mm. the get, which is a game, but it's like an app. Like, the and definition of what a game is is very it's, blurry it's nowadays. Changed. Yeah. yeah it's you know. blurry, yeah. It's an interactive, you know, pieces of a piece of entertainment. Well, I'm Does very it... glad you said that, but I can't help thinking if I was a young man and I'd produced it, everyone would have said, "Wow, he innovated! This guy's made a storybook." Yeah. yeah, yeah. In you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah so yeah, there yeah. is a certain amount of uh, among the old guard, yeah, not, yeah, not with yeah. you guys. You guys just mm-hmm. see a game and you appreciate it for its mm-hmm. own sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But some of the older guys say, um, mm. you know, games only a game if it's on console. Yes. Yeah. And and a large we were talking about this before, but a large majority of of that was doing a Kickstarter as well. Hey? <laughs> what was what what was that process like? Because a lot of us haven't been through crowdsourcing or any of that. It so, is very intimidating yeah. because there's so many decisions you have to make. I mean, the hardest decision is how much to ask for. Yep, yep. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So the first Kickstarter I did, which bombed so badly. Uh, I asked for what I needed, which was $14,000 to turn the game, to make it um, interactive for blind people and deaf people. And I thought, oh, that would be just the icing on the cake. And that was, I I never got, uh, I couldn't get anyone interested in it. And only my friends and family were. And so it failed dismally. Mm-hmm. And then I did another Kickstarter the next year, and this time I was very cunning mm. because I thought, actually, I'm not doing it for the money now because I know I won't get 14. What I'll do is I'll ask for 1,000 mm-hmm. because I know I'll get that, and it'll be all to try and get traction because you just I used, you can use the Kickstarter to get money mm-hmm. or you can use the Kickstarter to get fans. Yep, yep. Mm. So having failed in the first attempt, <laughs> I went to get fans and I still did it. Well, I mean, you reached your goal, eh? So, you, you reached your goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I 
know, there were a lot of sympathetic relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, well, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've if you've gotten a boost in in uh, reachability and and people have actually mm, seen it, well, and I got didn't. Their eyes I on didn't it. get the boost. Uh, yeah. Although, just at the very last day, this guy said, "Oh, I'm really into games with blind UI. I didn't know about this. I'll tell all my friends." And it was too late. It was the mm. cutoff at that stage. Yep, yep. So um, I'm going to make sure he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, and is he following it from now on? Because I know accessibility, you mentioned, is a big part of it as well. Mm. What was your motivation behind going pushing into that direction? Well, well? I, I just don't understand why not all games do it. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. was really surprised. Exactly. Because back in 2016, I made a VR game, yeah. and VR is, is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And with VR, I had 500 sound sources in the game because you, you're walking along and you can hear think where they are, where things are, how far they are, mm-hmm, what direction mm-hmm. they are, just by turning your head. Yeah, yeah, I thought, well, how can you waste that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And having made it, I thought, well, that would be really good for blind people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just automatically, and everyone was so surprised. Mm. And they're saying, oh, this is really new. And I'm thinking, it really isn't. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. you know. Um, and I, then I went and researched it, and there are so few mm-hmm. games. There's the horror stories, the Papagena ones. They're mm-hmm. back, they're 10 years old. Um, they did, Benedict Cumberbatch did um, a couple, he spoke in a couple of recent horror games, voice only, and then uh, two years ago they had a French game uh, where you actually do your, your sword fighting and so yep, on yep, yep. Um, using a little dial. And that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's just not that hard to yeah. make it. I mean, it was a lot of work. How have you incorporated it into the game? Is it that spatial, that, like you were talking about, where you can hear the distance well, and the Well, I depth? would love to, but this is only a yeah, 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 yeah. And so no, it's got none of that. <laughs> so um, there are two things you have to do. One is to, the simple part, which is to, there's a thing called UAP. It's just a, a Unity uh, plug-in, because uh-huh. the program was going to make its own. He said, this is just so much better. Mm-hmm. You just plug it in, and it reads the menus. That's perfect, uh, yeah. It works really well. So with a storybook, I needed to narrate all the parts. So I say, oh, um, Emma stands holding up the golden orb, and the sky breaks, you know. And so the things that they couldn't otherwise know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the deaf people, it was simpler, because I just had to say, I just had to, nar- not narrate, I had to put in text what the sound effect was doing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Is there many, uh, at a baseline, accessible requirements for games? For like, because uh, I've got a, a web development background and there is so many, like uh, your text colours against your background have to be, you know, right and all that stuff. Images don't have it though. Images online are just, if it's an image, that's it. Just give it the alt text, you know. So I was just going to say that. Yeah, so I can read it, yeah. So they can read it on their screen readers. Yeah, yeah. but for um, games, is there much of a, like a, what would you call it, like a policing of it, basically? Not that I'm aware of. Um, Mark Bartlett from Able Gamers was at GCAP in 2018. He, he gives talks. He's wonderful. He's really supportive. He gets games to um, disabled players, essentially. Mm. And he sent me... Um, a card pack, it's a stack of all the things designers should think about and it's divided into um, sight, vision, um, Mm -hmm. neurological issues um, to help remind you of all the things you can do. Um, Now, I might be wrong, but (laughs) I haven't found um, a list of rules for games. It's very fitting as well that it's the game community that makes these accessible things. So, like, one thing is, you know, speedrunning and streamers. There's a category 
that they'll have now called Blind Speed Run. Um, so you know uh, the Zelda game Ocarina of Time yeah. 20 years ago? There's speedrunners who will play it with a blindfold over their head, finish the game, because it all started because one person who was blind was like, I really want to be able to play the game. So they try and figure out how to do it. They wear headphones. And how the reason why games are perfect for it is because like the movement is done to specific, specific steps. Yeah. So they're like, well, if I side hop five times, I'm going to end up at the same spot. I slash my sword. I hit this wall. I know where I am. Oh, I've hit wood. I know where I am. Hey. So oh, okay. yeah, they yeah. just developed it out of a necessity. It wasn't like a show yeah. off. Yeah. Back yeah. And yeah. Doing this. It was a necessity. Yeah. Um, so it's fitting that, you know, you're making a game. You're thinking of these things. It's just it's another just, thing. Of, it's just very natural. The, mm. the one of the best players of Mortal Kombat was fully blind. Oh well. And wow. that's because it had such good sound design. So he, as you say, he knew what was happening. Yeah. And he he'd never seen, but he was one of the best players. You can hear when they rip the. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really don't need to. Brutality, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not my kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, beautifully made by the sound uh, sound designer. Yeah. yeah, I think we should say because I don't know if we mentioned it. The game is called uh, Frog Princess. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the game is called Frog's Princess, and it's got its own website and blog. Yeah. And um, and we're hoping it will be out in November. We're putting out chapters one and chapter two for free. That way, you know if you do or don't like it, and you don't waste your, mm-hmm. you know, money. Um, so. That's a thoughtful way to do it. That's a well. It's just you know, just a waste, isn't it? If you trick someone into buying your game, yeah. uh, how nobody's happy, yeah. are they? How many? How many chapters is it? Eleven chapters. Eleven it's chapters. Nine hundred pages. It takes wow. three hours if you play the whole thing. Yeah. But in fact, you only play as the prince or the princess, so you can't be there if you're unconscious mm-hmm. <laughs> or and, yeah. or not there. Yeah, and yeah. so it's actually two and a half hours, and then you play. People that are interested then play from the other person's point yep, of view. Yep. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what was it like? I mean, I know you've got 2D artists, 3D artists, yep. programmers. What was it like sort of working in a team like that? Well, you know, I just don't understand how anyone can produce a game without having done the training. Yep. I mean, I did two years at AIE mm. as, as, you know, we all trained. And you really need the experience. Um, even then, if I hadn't done a lot of game jams as well, with strangers, you really need to to know how games, what it's like when games are made. So I've got this whole thing about game jams mm-hmm. and, and the ways, just the things to know that, you know, artists have to finish early. If you pick anything up, write down the IP straight away. Just little simple things that can save a ton of time later. Uh, oh, it was good. It's really, really busy if you work with full-time people you're just always yeah. servicing them yeah <clears throat> and even with production like th- there's a whole other aspect i know you've written a bit about it on your website but like tax and all that sort of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just stuff that game developers don't even think about yeah. the actual business side of things how yeah. what's your what's your sort of look on that well you really need to start with zero pretty darn quickly mm-hmm. um or or the yeah. app the yeah. uh, app zero is the one that um the accountants prefer, I always thought I would go, when I did go, uh, that I would use, um, uh, what is the other one? The, uh, Myob. Myob, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I was, could not think. Uh, but apparently Zero is more modern, but I, you must say it's it's not intuitive to use. But um, you really need to start off early. The other mistake I made was not getting hack and plan or, or something mm. like it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. off early. So people ask how many hours have you spent doing this, that and the other. Yep. And I go back through my Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 
So uh, yeah, start off early with that stuff. Also start off early with your blog. So um, uh, if not necessarily running it straight away, taking the pictures for it so that later on you've got your team pictures, you've got mm -hmm. your before and after shots. Mm -hmm. Anytime I make a really bad mistake, it's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I tend to keep those. Yeah. Um, so production, so yeah, so it's just a matter of, and making sure your people know exactly so you do a really good induction like make sure really get them invested in the game mm -hmm. oh and the other thing is uh, don't take anyone on for um until you've done a short contract with them yep like don't ever say yeah you're part of the team mm. just give them a, a go uh, because that way they're not disappointed yep. you're not dis you're just giving them 10 hours work and see how it goes yep yep mm. And even with, I mean, um, b even before that, like, do you do all the grey boxing and stuff yourself? Like, do you do all the prototyping before you get anyone on? Or is I, it... I do think that's very important. Yep. If you say to someone, I want you to do this, and they're just looking at you blankly, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it means nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you really need to, and plus the point of view of the designer doing the grey box is that, like, you have battles, and it's really important that people can get from A to B in a certain amount of time, and that a bomb will land in the right area, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> It's so, all the mechanics that come together. Yeah, yeah and yeah. who can show that? There's no point talking. Exactly. So you do your grey box. I did my grey box. You know, the first thing the artist did, she took one look and said, I can fix that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you do your own grey boxing. Um, do your own storyboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have everything ready. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. there's no point saying to someone, I've taken you on and I'm going to give you something later. Yeah, yeah. So I had always had everything ready when they turned up. Um, that way they were enthused and they had something straight away. And unfortunately... Whenever you get somebody new, they're really keen. They really want to show yeah. what they can do. And so they're throwing things at you. So you've got to be there. You've got to be there full time for them. You've got to have your... So only employ them when you're ready. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I guess another aspect that I want to cover was the audio and the voice and that sort of stuff. Because I know obviously a large part of it now that you're putting in the accessibility as well is the speaking and understanding from a, just an audio perspective. How, what was that process like of running through with the with the dealing with with actors and that sort of stuff? Well, and... I I was so passionate that everybody should know what to do. I've done a GCAT talk yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> because we're not trained in it, we're not experienced in it. It's something that's alien to us, and we have to just go into a studio and produce. And we can waste a day. We can waste our studio time on which we have spent mm -hmm. ultimately thousands, if you count the studio and the actors. Yeah. Wow. And it's a you know, you've got to be ready. And so, yeah, so that's why I did the talk. So I had luckily done, first you start off, I think everybody does, you start off doing your own voiceover, you mm -hmm. start off getting friends to voiceover. Yep. Uh, then you get people that say they're actors. Um, then in my case, I was uh, lucky enough to get some student voice yep. actors. Yep. And then when I did my own um, uh, time at the studio and through an agent and all that stuff, uh, I had enough to get by to not doing anything dreadful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but even then, like, it would have really helped if someone had just given me a bit of advice. Like with the Kickstarter, if you just, yep. if someone just talks about what they did, it's amazing what you yep. pick up. Yep, mm. yep, yep. Just the little details. And I guess that ties back all the way into community, right? If you have someone else to talk to about it, mm. like yourself, you've done this Kickstarter and you've now voiced, you know, recorded voices. Yeah. That's that's information that is important for for everyone, really. I, I do think I I hadn't thought of it that way, but now that you've said it, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is like I was just there last night, and someone was talking about their game, and I was thinking, oh, 
they've got choices to make, mm -hmm. uh, how they fund themselves and so on. And we were talking about that. Mm -hmm. And he was clarifying his ideas. Um, so, yeah, it was really worth it. I oh, just really like networking. Not forever, though. Like, just not, <laughs> not too often. Not these coffee mornings. <laughs> yeah, just for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's let's cover that again. So the you have a GCAP talk coming up. I do. Is that in a what's that? It's next week. week October after? the fifth. October the fifth. South Australian time, Monday, one thirty. Monday, one thirty in the morning. No, no, oh, no. Oh, one thirty p.m. This is GCAP, so okay, it's GCAP. Melbourne. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so everybody that hasn't got their ticket, it's usually like three hundred fifty dollars or whatever, mm. but it's the accommodation. And, of mm. course, the time, like, you fly there. Mm. So GCAP is a big commitment, Melbourne International Games Week. But GCAP's just so important because not only are you standing there saying, you know, which talk shall I go to, and they're really good talks, mm. it's just the networking in between. GCAP's fantastic. So anyway, mm -hmm. this year, GCAP's online. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, so thousands in accommodation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so not only that, it was only going to be $50. Yeah. And then... Big ass, yeah. you big say with me, yeah. big ass studios. <laughs> Paid all the tickets. Yeah. That's so and good. And so I think it's $2.50 or something. And so if you don't go to GCAP, yeah. I was telling them all last night, and some people were saying, what's GCAP? I oh. nearly fell over yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why you come to the networking. Yeah. That's where you find out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was saying, you you're not professional if yeah. you don't go to GCAP. Yeah. 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 I was really telling them off. Yeah. <laughs> so no one's got any reason for not going. Yes. It's basically free. <laughs> Get on it, go to Kathy's talk. <laughs> Oh, yes, and my talk as yeah, well. Talk. <laughs> you don't have to go to my talk. No. Just go to you have to go to the talk. Don't listen to it. <laughs> and your talk's it's going to be covering... Well, uh, I do a skit about a producer who walks into a studio and does everything wrong mm -hmm. because it's about sound recording. It's about recording dialogue, something yep. that you have to know how to do, but you've never been in that world before. Yep. And so, yeah, it's just... Um, uh, I did a talk at Adelaide Game Dev Talks yep, yep. Um, a couple of years ago on the same subject, and I've, all I've done is expand it and make it um, more accurate and answer some of the questions that people asked after. So, yes, yeah, so I go in and do everything wrong. And so the Adelaide, um, the South Australian Film Corporation lent me the small soundstage at Adelaide Studios. Oh, and I walked in, and it's as big as this building, yeah. and it's the small one. Oh, yeah. It was huge. <laughs> it was a hike, you know, just to get to yeah, the end. Yeah. So, oh, I got so professional. We hired cameras and yeah. we hired actors. Yeah. Oh, and no. Arthur was going to be one of the actors and he got sick. Oh, How no. dare he? Yeah. And so we had this actor and he was just hilarious. And I had to keep saying, no, don't be funny, because he was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And he was the, like the funny. He's Dylan Warren. He wants to do voice acting as well. Yeah. So he was very good. But uh, I kept saying to him, I wanted to be like someone's walking into a studio and not to be laughed at by the sound recording guy, not to make a fool of themselves. Mm. I wanted to think, well, I can do a better job than Kathy. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want them thinking, oh, if I go there, or it'll be humiliating. Right. So that he had to tone it back. So when you see him in the in the talk and you see him being cool, just imagine him <laughs> over the top, and it, it would have been a lot funnier. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how long have you were you working on that for? Like, how long did you have the idea? Oh, well, um, I, I did the talk because mm. I was so passionate about people learning how to do this, yeah. uh, along with as me. But, uh, no, they told us on the 31st of August that we were in, and they said, and can you give it to us on the 18th of September? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I had to, yeah. to organise a shoot and send and edit it, which was longer and harder, 
Yeah. And, and uh, Christian Leadbeater, do you know him? He comes along to the Adelaide Game Dev no, things sometimes. I don't think I've come He's across He's a really him. good editor, cameraman, director. Oh, fantastic. Oh, he does everything. And he did a really good job. And then he had to spend days editing it. And then I had to add my PowerPoint bits saying the real job, the real thing you're supposed yeah. to do yeah. is this. <laughs> And then uh, we had to add the SRT file. We had to do all that in, which is the closed captioning. Mm-hmm. So we had to do all that in, uh, uh, in a month. 18 days. Oh, 18 less days. than a month. Oof, <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it was good. It was yeah. worth it. And yeah. it's good to get it over with because I would have spent all my time on it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. So with the, um, with, with GCAP and the, and the game, is there, is there a chance to... I plug the game a bit when you're over there. Well, oh, not over there, sorry, virtually over there. Well, I do wear a shirt that says Frog's Princess. <laughs> <laughs> it says Frog's Princess team on the back. Yeah, but good. on the front, I made a mistake actually because I thought it was very funny. Mm. And it says, um, and it was for a man, and it says that in the, in the story, he's trying to save his bodyguard, Iron Henry, who has three iron bands around his heart. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's so desperately necessary for him to turn back from a frog and save his bodyguard. So on the shirt it says, for Henry's sake, I'd even kiss a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wore it because I like the colour. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody really um, yeah. appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? what uh, another thing that I want to cover was you've come from a creative writing background, so mm. you're, you're writing traditionally linear stuff, right? Yes. What's it like now? Jumping into a non-linear. Oh, I loved it because narrative, yeah. because when you read a story, the one you want it to be, you want it to be a good story, and you just sometimes you just want them to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You just want them to be your kind of hero. Yeah. In fact, that's the reason it's taken another two years to get the game out because we finished it. Yeah. And some of the feedback we got was that um, all the characters were Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was saying, look, you know, well, I'm a tiny studio. I've got no money left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and we got so much feedback. I thought, oh, all right. So the programmer came up with this very clever idea because I had too many, uh, I've got too many uh, character poses. They're 2D and they're static. And so he said, why don't we make them all SVG files? Yeah. And they'll be small. You can have lots of them. He said, I can make a shader that can change and all the skin colour and hair colour can change and eye yep, colour. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we weren't sure he could actually do it. <laughs> so we tried for a couple of months and he couldn't do it and we decided not to. And then he said, no, give me another go. So it worked out beautifully. Yeah. You now press a button and the hair goes a different colour, the skin goes, you know, you choose your colours. Oh, great. It's absolutely <clears throat> wonderful. And I've had children play it from other ethnicities and mm. they just straight away play their own. Yep. Um, appearance and it's works out. It just makes them really happy. I really like it. I'm so pleased. But it's taken two yeah. years to yeah. get to that. Yeah. <laughs> or to add to the yeah. blind and the deaf as well. But because, oh. And there is a, there is that um, that ability to choose what you're going to look like as the character, right? Before yes. you even begin the story. Well, I don't like it before. Because if yep. you start choosing a character before you know what the character is going to be doing, then you often change it again after. And so we have a little scene first. Yep. So the princess being a bit um, uh, cheeky and the princess is um, oh, wearing her mother's clothes, actually, her dead mother's clothes. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> um, and then they get their appearance. Yep, so we yep, have the yep. first scene. You don't see their face. It's a bit frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been interesting seeing how games are starting to, well, not starting to, how they've been developing that to the awkward Pokemon you know the 
the professor who's known you forever is like, are you a boy or a girl? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. so clever. Yeah. I really liked that. It was part of the story. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So in mine, the, the bodyguard says, you have to go and change. Mm-hmm. And in the, the princess says, I'm going to go and change. So, yeah, it's part of the um, story, as much yeah. as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Really like the diegetic part of it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and how was it sort of writing that that narrative, like the dialogue that would then just branch? Like, oh. the, isn't it just the most confusing? I know we've, I mean, I've gone through this at Mutiny, but going through and actually understanding all the different options and how it all yeah, there's five thousand two hundred eighty uh, lines that change. There's oh, wow. another five hundred that don't for the other characters, but yeah, and it, I had a system, yeah. and so I don't know if any of you have heard of the Enneagram. No. So I had um, the traditional prince or princess who were just from the story, original storyboard, and then there were nine other types of characters. And um, I, I used the Enneagram because um, someone said it was an ancient Sufi religion and then they found out it was a hoax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually works really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to divide your characters, really what your character's afraid of. So... Yep. Um, like you show off the the perfect prince, Prince Charming, is actually you know afraid of being found that he's not perfect, and so uh, and the bossy commanding one, yeah, um, I forget what he's afraid of, <laughs> but they'll have different motivations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Is there is there something you're trying to impart from mm. the from the story as well? Yes. So um, obviously there's a lot. Um, I mean, there's the fun part that you go and save the kingdom. There's the moralistic part in that, you know, girls can save the kingdom too. She has to save it herself. Yeah. And that boys can be sensitive. So he has to heal her after she's saved the kingdom. He has to figure out. He's the only one that figures out how to heal the kingdom as as well. So we've got all those, you know, boring moralistic stuff. But, um, you know, there's also just the idea that you have to grow up. You have to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of that. And so I put in some really dreadful things. Yeah, like yeah. one of the uh, the older sisters says, um, Iron Henry is a cripple now and cripples can't be happy. Yeah. Oh, oh boom! <laughs> yeah, Down yeah, fell yeah. a brick! Yeah, and, yeah. and you're supposed to by then yeah. have figured out that she's wise and kind and clever, but she's got it wrong. Yeah. And the second um, heroine, you know, also drops a brick and she's bold and brave and beautiful and we all love her, but she's wrong too. So it really challenges your perceptions. On, on people and on, on ideas and on concepts. Mm. I hope so. I hope yeah. they come around figuring out what kind of hero they want to be. Yep. They don't yep. have to say the heroic things. Yep, yep, yep. They can just make fun of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's one where it's just silly, and um, I really enjoyed actually <laughs> writing that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's your true. I think what you come out of it is be the hero you want to be. Don't yep. be someone else's hero. And was this your own hero? Was this an idea you had before the game? Like no, <laughs> it was made for the game. Yeah, yeah it came right. out. Of, I'm going to do them all night. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you know, I think that's kind of cool because a lot of the games that you see, they all follow the hero's journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's sort of a play on that that it's you grow up to be the hero you want to be, as opposed to here's what the hero is. Save the kingdom or whatever it is yeah. that you do, and then you well, know, the victorious. hero's journey is very interesting that you brought that up because um, these days a lot of Hollywood movies won't be published until you can show that you can follow that format. Yep, yep. And you have to have a mentor, and you have to have the archetypes as well. And it's true. I mean, it's true in a way. So that was written by John Campbell, who yep. said that um, every story in the whole world follows a hero's journey. And then Christopher Vogler wrote a book called The Writer's Journey, yep. and he was saying. You know, books do too. Yeah. 
and then you know there's been some kickback about that because I'm I'm I agree it's a wonderful way of having a journey and a story and an adventure but there are other types of stories For and sure. so I have more growing up sort of stories myself mm-hmm. um I guess mine's more of a growing up story. But it does actually fit. Both of them actually do fit their the arcs. Yeah, they got all the arcs. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what have you seen the, the feedback? I mean, and how do you also measure feedback from, from, say, children that are playing the game as well? Yes. Well, obviously I measure how long they play it for, yep. um, whether the parents get involved. Um, so I've got lists of, you know, who played and what they did. I went to the Women's Centre of South Australia, Women's Community Centre, and uh, five women of all different nationalities were playing it and another woman was playing it over there. And so we played it and we talked about it. And then I went to take it away and they said, oh, just a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, you know, it's been half an hour. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I've got my feedback. It's yeah. just a bit more. So after an hour, I said, you know, don't you have to pick up kids from school? Are you tired? <laughs> Can I get you some water? Yeah. Look, perhaps I'll take it away now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, luckily... The battery ran out oh, after wow. two hours oh, and they were wow. chasing me down the hall saying, uh, look, I've got an adapter. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is, that, that's what not, you want to hear. Yeah. I could not. I was trying to. I mean, they were lovely. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> and, and I kept saying, look, you won't finish it. They said, we can finish it. Yeah. <laughs> Press the next one. Yeah. And they're all talking. But the, the thing is they were talking about it and yeah. they weren't even, if they had actually just played on rigorously, you know, yeah. just mm. ruthlessly, um, yeah. but they were all playing it and testing it and trying it. So they weren't even about a, a third of the way through. Were they all playing it separately or was it more No, about... there were five of them and they were saying, Press the button. <laughs> no, no, do yeah. that. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? They were all doing it in like a sort of, you know, communal, they were playing in like a... You've got As a group community, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Yeah. They were playing in sort of, you know, in a group sort of setting, which, I mean, did you intend that that would be how people would play it? or No, well, only for the QA. For only the QA, because yeah. I, I, um, I had asked and they'd forgotten. When I arrived, they'd forgotten me. And I actually had to turn up twice. And the second yeah. time, they gathered together these yeah, women. Yeah. They were quite reluctant. They yeah, just yeah. didn't want anything to do with it, really. Mm. And so, um, uh, no, it just worked out that yeah, uh, yeah. I had a, a few, but they gathered... Even though I had another one, they could have been playing. I kept saying, "There's another one." No, they just played in a group. In a group, yeah. Interesting that you picked that up. Yeah, yeah. And and is it? And where else did you test it out as well? Uh, well, I went to the Resilient Kids Conference yep. um, in June, which was at a Baptist church, mm-hmm. um, and uh, unfortunately, my all the other tables had books, and my table people would actually deliberately go around so as yeah. not to visit it. Yeah. <laughs> Because they just had all these lectures yeah. about in the conference about how evil games are oh, and no. how that you can have pedophiles online oh, and uh, just... no, really they were and so, so I was trying really hard to show I had this innocent game yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so some of them who did play the teachers and the pastors um, they quite liked it and I had some academic background material for it and stuff like that and so once I could get them I was yeah, actually yeah, physically yeah. taking yeah, them yeah. would you like to yeah like, yeah. <laughs> So that didn't work so well. <laughs> um, uh, and I showed it, uh, I haven't showed it that much. Well, this year, of course, it's been a disaster for um, uh, taking it anywhere. Mm. Um, and I'm about to uh, test it with a colourblind person and to get a blind person to tell me off and make, and make me fix it better yep, yep, for, yep. Uh, for the blind part. Have you, um, is a, 
you know, the Let's Play communities on YouTube? Is is that something to tap into, like, when the game's ready? Well, they say that that's the killer of narrative games. They say right. the worst thing you can do is having someone popular put your game up there because yeah. someone will just watch it and say, well, I know the story now. Exactly, yeah. They'll play through the entire game. And so mine, I've got Dylan Warren, the actor I told you about earlier, wants to stream it, and I'm going to encourage him to show him how to explore... Because what I found is people start by exploring and they say all the different types of hero they could be, mm. but they get involved in the story and all they want to do is to find out what happens next. Yeah, yeah. And they go click, 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 click. And that's fine, great. Um, but I want the ones who played it and loved it and want to go back and fix it all up and change it because you can save different versions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You can have any number of different versions. Yeah. So, it's um, like having your finger in the choose your own adventure book, yeah. turning to the page, like, no, no, I didn't do yeah, that. That's what I do when I do. I hated those books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I never ever do a non-linear because I always wanted to try them all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all, all about the replayability. It's you want yeah. people to be going back yeah. and understanding all the different options that they can go down yeah. and enjoy every single. Well, some of them are very funny. Like you'll yeah. be playing them. The, the the number seven character is the fun one, and so you'll be playing along, and someone will be serious, and someone will be intellectual, and then the number seven one just says something completely off, <laughs> off topic. Yeah. And so I hope that people would like to explore that yeah, and yeah. decide once now and again to actually play that one yeah. as part of their story. That could be an interesting thing to to get someone to live stream that the fact that they can go back and understand the different parts. Well, that's what I would like to think. I can't see it lasting, but I'll, I'll encourage Dylan to sort of show how yeah. you can explore mm. sort of the deeper part of it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you only want the story, then fine. Yeah. And and have you have you designed it as well to be um, in line with, like, literacy and that sort of stuff? In Yes, we've done a curriculum. Uh, a teacher um, did uh, from Melbourne, actually, did a... Um, they call it curriculum mapping. Yeah, because I remember I saw it maybe on your website, I think. Oh, you've done yeah. your homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't get away with anything. Um, yes, he did uh, years two through to five. Yep. Yeah. So so it's actually applicable for um, school, schools. schools. Well, that's why you can have unlimited savings. So someone can say this is um, Alex's book and this is Costa's book and this is Kathy's book. Yep, yep. And they can um, uh, go back to it yeah. and right. play with it. So yeah, it's got. Um, I've put some. I've got another website where I put parent and teacher stuff, and I put some questions and answers. Mm -hmm. um, you know what name is the character, and just if they yeah. were interested in doing that. But I sort of went away from that because um, it's really hard to break into the educational yeah, market. Yep, so I yep. thought no, I'll just leave that alone. Yeah. Well, I think that's a that's a kind of a really interesting approach from that perspective because then it's kind of like. You know, when when you're in primary school, you have to read books. Yeah. And a lot of the times, I mean, unless you're really engaged in it, sometimes a lot of people people find it boring. But they're playing mm. video games at the same time. So, mm. if you had an option to play a game that was narrative driven as opposed to um, reading a book, and you know, I would have chosen. Well, I'm that. really yeah. interested that you said that actually, because I. I honestly thought that ten-year-old girls would be the people that like the games. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. It's six-year-old boys. Right. And they sit there and they you can tell they don't really know what's happening and they just religiously press the button yeah. mm. and watch it, They've wait till the action yeah. finishes, <laughs> press it again. Yeah. And, it, and it's like a bridge between videos and reading because yep. they're finally learning, I have control here, I can stop it mm. and nothing's going to happen until yep. I turn the page. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that will 
get them into the idea of reading because these yep. boys, because the parents are saying these boys don't read. Well, that's yeah. it, yeah. And he was just, there's more than just one. So yeah. when the first time it happened, I thought, that's a fluke. Then it happened a few more times, so it was in 18. Yep. And then in 2019, I finally realised, oh, there's a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they so, really... It's also teaching them that, I guess, that uh, their actions have consequences. Rather than reading here's what happened, they're actually living it out. They're making it happen. Nothing yeah. will happen until they press that button, and yeah. they love it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's something I just wanted to say before with the, the Twitch streaming, is yeah. there's a big thing at the moment, um, I guess it's been for a couple of years now, of audience participation. Yes. So you could have a thing of, you know, the, the game is up there, but it's completely dependent on the chat. So they're still playing it. Don't make me smile. Uh, <laughs> That's such a good idea. Yeah. It's it's becoming a big necessity for games now to um, somehow incorporate Twitch into yeah. it, Twitch uh, community things, you know. Well, you could easily do that, yeah. Well, that goes yeah. back to how those people were playing it, right? It, yeah. was, it was a group of people playing yeah, it. Yeah, they were. Don't press it. Watch this. Do that. Yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Try that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, and, I mean, and that's how you get the... You start getting the word of mouth and start advertising it because that's the other thing I was going to ask was like, because it's a like a children's book game basically. It's is that hard? It would be hard to market to kids, you know, because you have you, to get to the parents. You have to market to parents and teachers, yeah. and so um, I went to Reddit because that's you said they go to Reddit. That's their place of of strength. Well, it used to be. And I didn't market it hard enough. I sort of did both Kickstarters. I sort of gave up after yeah, a week. Yeah, oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I wish I hadn't. But, uh, yeah, so it's really hard. You have to get over the boundary. And so, like, for example, I've made the website so safe, you know, like, and the game itself, you can't link even to the privacy page. You can't do anything from the game. No child can play the game and accidentally go outside the game. That's good. And, and it's, oh, it's... Um, it's one of the requirements, actually, of COPPA, which nobody takes any notice of, but the US rules require that the children's games are supposed to be really protected. Oh, is that the Children's Protection Yeah, COPPA. I can't remember. C-O-P-P-A. Yeah. Um, some American, and it's very powerful. It's supposed to be $43,000 for an infringement, and um, they say that 52% of children's games don't follow Oh, wow. <laughs> But you don't. But we don't want to be that one that gets caught. Well, I just don't. I just feel if I was a parent, I don't want the child suddenly going off somewhere else, like doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I put you on this game. Um, mm. It's got to be safe. Yeah. Isn't that weird that like we that was what we grew up with? It was those games. Yeah. Like just complete isolation. You're yeah. just there to play. Yeah. What was that Freddy Fish oh, kind of game? Oh, you're fond of the games you started off with. Yeah. yeah, and then. But now they're all connected online and stuff like that. And now it's like a big, it's like, oh, wow, this one is Well, a lot know, of them have got um, transactions. What do they call them? In, in Microtransactions. In-app purchases. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't have any of those. So it's just it's just your premium game. And, of course, that's really hard to sell these days. That's why it chapters is. one or two are free yeah. because you know by the end of that whether you want to continue yeah. or just get on a Let's Play and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> There you know, goes my $3. And you know what? I can even imagine it being something that the teacher goes through and the kids are like, you know, pick that one, pick yeah. this one, pick that one. That would be well, interesting Well, I was kind experience. of hoping. I, I, I did originally think of teachers doing it in class because it does have the depth. It is yeah. a proper, mm. it's a very strong, strongly structured story. Yep, yep. And everything has um, purpose and meaning and, and everything fits. Yep, mm. yep. Like, for example... This is very shallow, but she's she uh, drops a ball in the well and she goes to uh, get it out with a stick. 
Yeah. And then what do you do with the stick? So I, I had a, the stick on the grass in 41 different pages. There I was making sure the stick was there <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that anyone playing the game would know, look, this all hangs together. Then I thought, hang on, wait a minute, should I drop the stick in the water? Yeah. So I got rid of 41 sticks <laughs> and I put the stick in the water and then it had to change colour because it was in the shadows. Yeah. Oh. So, so, <laughs> but everything hangs, hangs yeah. together. You know, everything, everything is, but of course in a more deep fashion then, the characters all, um, uh, every, every plot point, everything hangs yeah. together and makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny you were uh, saying before that you started, you started AIE 2016. It's 2015. Hard, 2015. Yeah. It's hard to imagine a Adelaide game scene without Kathy, you know. <laughs> oh, that's nice of you to say. All the say. events and the game jams and... No, no, we see, I only took them up when other people stopped doing them. I was just mm. worried. I just was concerned that people would miss out. It was almost out of necessity that no one yeah, else was doing it. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah, I know. And, you know, I have been asked to take over Jamalade and I'm just so busy. And, you know, mm. if we had a regular game jam in Adelaide... Yeah. Uh, we would thrive. Mm -hmm. We would be so mm -hmm. more creative. Mm -hmm. It's good experience. Yep. You get stuff on your CV. Yep. But it's just it's just what we do. It's what gamers do. We yeah. get together and make games. What are some uh, necessities of a successful jam? Well, um, these days, if you can persuade... We've been to a few where people provided the computer yep. and the monitor and they were fabulous. Mm. You know, that made... It, all the setup was gone. All the anxiety. I fell over once with my PC and I was so bruised. Oh. And all that's gone. You know, you're not trying to get your friends to your park with all your gear and worried mm -hmm. about it. So if the gear is provided, that helps a lot. Even yep. though it's not a necessity for a good yep. game, yep. Jam, it really mm -hmm. does help. Um, but yeah, all you need is the room, and you need the people. Right. That's, that's really. It. That's it. Yeah. It that's sounds very simple. Do you need prizes? Do you feel? Um, I don't like a competitive game jam because yeah. people are aiming straight away for the prizes. Yeah. I feel like I feel myself doing it as well, and I don't like it yeah. <laughs> because it's better to explore. It's better yeah. to come yeah. out of something with a, a mechanic or something. It's good to show off at the end and say, "Look what I did." But as soon as you're going for prizes, then someone lost, and uh, like one person won, and all these people are going. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What's if, the fun in yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. You know, and even if it was, even if it was, I mean, you got, you know, maybe this game has the most unique mechanic, or this game has the best art style. This game has. Like, yes. It's not discouraging. You know, someone just happens to be. Well, I think if there's a lot. That would yeah, be that's good. what it is. You know what I mean. I, I do think yeah. you know, if there's a prize You're padding for a child player, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. say that 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 is fun and good. Yeah. If, and even if you have someone coming around saying this is what I liked about that game, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. that would be so cool. Yeah. Um, but at least there's feedback, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it is a bit of a, a like you're tired at the end and you're just hanging around. Mm. And if you just had this thing saying, it's over and look what this guy did and look what that guy did and this is fantastic and. Um, yeah, that that would be a really nice way to and end publicizing it, it and yeah, you know as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah, because these games, I mean, I've seen some of the games that have come out of game jams. Some of them are really cool. Yeah. But it's it, it, I only see it because the person that worked on it said, oh, "Look at this you. thing I did." Yeah. yeah. It's nowhere to be seen on on the internet or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It's just sort of hidden in these web pages and stuff. Yeah. So it'll go on itch, and then yeah, it's that's it. it's up to the discretion of who made it to exactly to publicize to it. publicize it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think was that now you just reminded me, was that you in twenty eighteen at the Global Game Jam you brought the big computer? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Um no, twenty eighteen was the AIE game jam, so it must have been two thousand and nineteen. Right. Yeah, it was at the beginning of the, the beginning of this. The the twenty twenty the one at uh, CDW? 
Because CDW, you're... I brought a big one, and I brought lots of monitors because I knew then yeah. that my team would all have laptops because no one can be bothered anymore with the towers. Yeah, yeah. And of yeah. course, I brought a monitor once and broke it. I <laughs> know <laughs> that was a difference, but yeah. So yeah, they don't, and so I, I brought them all monitors they could plug in. UniSA uh, did it in 2019. That was yeah? fabulous. Was that good? Oh, because everybody had two screens, and they had um, a setup where you had the middle table and the screens all around. So it was perfect for groups. Yeah. It was really well run, had security, which, you know, you do worry about. Not that you worry so much because they had their own computers, but, gee, that was well run. Yeah, because yeah. my, um, my old man is a IT guy at the oh. uni. Shout out to Chez Ferreveta. Oh, well done. <laughs> um, and he was, he only found out <laughs> about the game jams through, you know, us. Yeah. Um, like, through doing the games and stuff like that. So when he found out, you know... UniSA were hosting. Oh, he got so excited. He's like, Alex, you know, we're, we're hosting one. And, you know, he knew the guy who was looking after everything and wanted to make sure everyone had the monitors and, the, the, like, Perfect. all this it stuff. It went really well. Yeah, that's good. That's but what I'm saying. It makes a on. difference. And um, I do think we're lucky in South Australia because we've got James Marshall now and he's, like, really pushing games. Mm, he's really, yeah. he comes to the meetings, yeah. which is you know, for the first sign of enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, but he has. He's really pushed hard and he's got things done. Um, then we had V Pendergrass. She's from Western Australia, but she was sorting out the SAFC stuff, mm. the game fund. So we've had movement for games. Uh, now I've just met... So, so several of the South Australian government people come along to the meetings and it just shows... And they're really starting to say, what do you need, what do you need? And what we need is... Um, a listing of all the game devs in South Australia that don't even know each other. Mm. We need regular game jams. We want to continue with this um, networking event, but um, hopefully bigger. But that's happening with COVID. That will mm. happen. And keep doing, keep meeting. Yeah. But we're lucky to have them. Yeah. For sure. That that was a, a you know a big thing when James got involved. You know, and yeah. started saying, all right, how do we legitimise this? How do we make yeah. it? Yeah. That's that's the first steps, you know, and then yeah. it's just going from strength to strength. Cause like even last night, you know, we had bad weather and COVID <laughs> and stuff like that, but it was still such a strong turnout. It was. I just loved it. Yeah. Poor Costa was sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I missed out. Yeah, that was a great one. It, it was really good because um, the uh, the gentleman who um, who we got a plug. <laughs> is uh, who, who did the intro for this episode. We've got a new intro. Um, he came to his first one Aww. last night. And, um, you know, people I used to work with in supermarkets, they're getting into games. Um, they're coming along to the yeah. events. And you see them all talking together. And it's like they all speak the same language. They're after the same thing. They've got this creative outlet. You know, they can be complete strangers. And it won't it won't take long, you know. Yeah. I had Dan Freer from... Um, Right. Right. Uh, yeah. well, uh, Pond, Pond Games. games. Yep. Yeah, you made, made right. Talking to an old friend of mine uh, from the supermarket, you know, and, like, they're just talking games, you know. Everyone's on the same level. Well, it's not quite the same, though, because you used to be able to recognise the game devs by the fact that they had their computers out. You used mm. to always be able to see the iPads and the computers and the laptop, and, you, and they would always be showing you their game. Yeah. And they do this platformer and just always be showing you their game. This, yeah. But this, these days it's more of a stand around and as soon as someone gets a game out, I've seen people take a step back. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love seeing people's games and I always like to see yeah. their art. Yeah. I loved it when someone... Yeah. So I say to them, have you got a card? Yeah. You, where's your portfolio? Show yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get embarrassed because they haven't yeah, got it. And yeah. next time they come up to me and say, Kathy, I've got it to show you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, so this, I bully them. This is a thing that I think is important, <laughs> is, is, is having regular 
on top of game jams, which is for new content, you know, creating new games and ideas, mm-hmm. um, regular playtest sessions. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we're hoping to get that. Remember, yeah. I'm hoping that, well, um, uh, we're, we're going to be getting Adelaide Game Dev Talks again. Yep. Um, and the playtest sessions were with Game Plus, yeah. and I'm hoping that they'll start again. Yeah. But you're right, that made a big difference. Yeah. But mind you, that's more of a lecture style. Yeah. I, mm. I really liked the playtest. AI used to have playtests and you'd and they yeah. were for the public and, and it was really good. You'd wander in and there'd just be like rows of yep. people at desks yep. and you just wander mm. in and, and see what game they're making. Well that's what that's what I imagine is is having a, a thing where everyone walks as opposed to showing off, just having a place where Here's what this person's yes. working on. Here's what that person. That's, that, yeah. that's just, really You nice. go around, you play with it, you play with another one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a good way of just, and it's a casual networking, really. That's actually a very good idea, Costa. Yeah. yeah. And there's an emotional attack once you play that game, isn't it? Like, yeah. um, Mighty Kingdom, they're working on that game, Conan Chop Chop, and that was first shown basically at an AIE night oh. by one of the, some of the students, you know, and like, uh, it looks completely different now, what, like what it was, but uh, I, I think it was called Dungeon Chop Chop or something like that back then. But I knew it was that game. And every time I see that game, I think of that event. <laughs> it is. It is yeah. good. You get that emotional attachment. I remember yeah. someone had a QR game um, where you're on a train and you're trying to catch the murderer. And it's this hand-painted yes. texture thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a whole bunch that came they, out of those AI playtests. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're right, Kathy, about, you know, these events... You're mainly just there chatting, but you need that. You need to actually see it, you know. And just bouncing your ideas off someone, and you you actually hear things you hadn't even thought to ask. Yep. You know yeah. things you just don't know. You could be you could be showing your game off, and someone says, "Oh, what about doing it this way?" <laughs> oh, you know, or like, yeah, wouldn't it be no. cool if you did it? You know, it just you build on each other. Actually, the worst thing is when you when you're near the end. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. No, do you think? Oh no. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why you. That have, would have been great. Yeah, yeah. You have you have regular playtest sessions, yes. and you catch it on early on. When yeah. You yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, look. Thank you for coming on. Um, if you could give one piece of advice for any game developers listening, what would that be? Oh dear. Um, uh, if you're a producer, um, your workers come first. Oh. That is wholesome. Yeah, that is extremely awesome. That's really good. That is good. true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So how can people reach out to you or how can people find you on the internet? Well, um, I'm, I run the Adelaide Game Dev Discord along with Arthur Archie and Patrick Webb now. Mm. Um, I run the, uh, the website um, for Adelaide Game Developers and there's just now a new list of game devs in Adelaide which... Um, you can add to which I'm supposed to be monitoring. So all I've done is tidy it up, but I'll, I'll organise that. Um, I run that. Well, I don't run. I, I'm in SA Women in Games. Yep. Mm. Um, and there's not many women in that group. Um, I'd like to see that expanded for a sure. bit. Um, and I've got my Frogs Princess website and my Joy Ever Stories website. Joy Ever After Stories website. Are you on Twitter? Uh, no, only when I have to be. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Only when I have to answer. Like I um, always tick the IGEA yeah. uh, things. Well, no. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you can always just, you know, Discord. Kathy's always there. Yeah. Come to an event, Kathy's always there. That's it. Quite boring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thanks, well, Kathy. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Ah, cheers. <laughs>